Hey everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley and I'm super excited for this week's show because it's our annual rundown of the summer. F This Summer 2021, which means I'm joined as always for this very special end of summer show by JB. Hello. And Adam Risky. I just saw Top Gun Maverick. Don't rub it in, man. <laughs> I Don't know. rub it in. You guys, just wait for it. <laughs> it got moved to next year. Yeah. All the Paramount movies got pushed. There's like seven release dates for Top Gun Maverick now, yeah. and I read something. So where... how did you see it? He didn't. Just, I didn't. Um... <laughs> oh, I was just going to be jealous. <laughs> no, there. Uh... I said, don't be jealous. There, I read a tweet that said that Top Gun Maverick was filming when A Star Is Born was released. Like it's been, it's gonna be four years. Holy between cow. when it was shot and when it's coming. Okay. I'm upset that Mission Impossible got pushed back. Yeah, I don't understand. I'm excited. Why I don't like, care about Top Gun Maverick, but I'm excited about Mission Impossible. What if they? It wouldn't have been cool if they're just like we're pushing back Top Gun Maverick and moving up Mission. Yes, Impossible. Mission Impossible is like at the red the box now. Thing. Yeah, it's like <laughs> surprise drop. It's like it's on click, your phone, like the U2 album. <laughs> click on the Cloverfield Paradox on Netflix, and you will get Mission Impossible. I opened my refrigerator and Mission Impossible was playing and then a song by Connor For Real. Um, Not to get all preachy, but I thought by September of 2021, we'd be done with all of this stuff. Or at least a little more under control. I would argue that if more people had gotten vaccinated in March, April, and May, Mm -hmm. maybe we would be closer. So... For what it's worth, if you haven't been vaccinated, please get vaccinated. If you're even thinking about taking horse dewormer, that's crazy. If someone had sat down with you when you were 10 and said, one day you'll want to take horse medicine, Mm -hmm. your 10-year-old self would have laughed at that and said, but I'm not a horse. (laughs) I can't wait to see Joe Rogan in The Fly 3. (laughs) (laughs) So... I'm kind of. I want to see how this plays out. I, Get vaccinated, everybody. I don't listen to that podcast, but someone posted a little clip of it to the Twitter machine, and it was him trying to engage Bill Burr. Yeah. But Bill Burr oh, yeah, yeah. is oh, too I've smart that for that yeah, nonsense. Yeah. And Rogan tries his best, and oh. Burr says, "Listen, Joe." Neither of us are doctors, and just shuts him down. Yeah, and he's just like, I'm not going to sit here with your fucking American flag behind you and smoking a cigar <laughs> talking about how you knew them better than the other healthcare professionals. And you can believe Bill Burr because he was really good in The Mandalorian. Yeah. I haven't, I'm still three episodes into that show. If it's, you don't get vaccinated, no Rob shows. That's it. That's, you cannot listen that's to a, a Rob That's a thread show. that we'll have to keep. Yeah. Get vaccinated, we're everyone. Gonna, we're going to start... We don't know the mechanism yet, but we are going to start checking the card that doesn't fit in your wallet unless you fold it. Yeah, yeah. you can't before you can play. download the podcast. You just everything. Yeah, just no Friday night double features. There's what? a everything. There's a finger scan. <laughs> I'm going to breathalyze people. It's uh, it's going to be elaborate. Yeah. Did we do this show last year? We did. Okay. <laughs> I honestly couldn't remember and didn't look it up. Yeah. If there How was did we a, do this show last year? If there was ever a time for us to be like, I think it's time to discontinue this series. We <laughs> yes. had like such an out last year, <laughs> but we didn't take it. Good for us. Yeah. Now we're here again talking about the summer. This was a slightly more normal summer at the movies. Yes. Yeah. But I still didn't see as much as I might have if not for a global pandemic. 
Right. There's still a bunch of stuff that I missed because either I couldn't get to the theater, didn't want to go to the theater, didn't feel it was worth it mm-hmm. to risk it to go to the theater. Um, well, crowds are low, which is nice. But like, yeah. also, like I went to see Free Guy like on Monday night. And it was like a 10 o'clock show and two other people walked in and I was like, you sons of bitches, I got to wear this mask now. (laughs) I think what turned it for me is that, and again, you guys know the dates. I no longer know the dates that I was very excited to see Jungle Cruise in a movie theater and in fact saw it in IMAX, if I'm remembering correctly. You are correct. And I thought that movie was very, very disappointing and that kind of put the pall on the entire summer because that made me think well you know if you just wait a couple weeks you can see it at home well you could have seen it at home the weekend it came out yeah for 30 dollars. but because of the nature of the beast yeah. i wanted to see it on a big screen understandable and uh was that before or after the disney trip that was after it was after Yes. So I was full of Disney, if sure, that's a yeah, thing. Yeah. And I was ready for more Disney. And, of course, we're going to get more Disney because they announced this week that they're making a sequel. Oh, good. Yeah. Cool. The Let's... Return of Pants. <laughs> and Skippy? Can we talk briefly about Jungle Cruise? If I you want to start it there. this afternoon. So. He loved it. It was so good. <laughs> okay, because we saw it with... People of all ages, yeah. and I didn't want to be the sour uncle. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. And, and the kids liked it, so and and there's a lot to like. I think if you're a kid, maybe, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um, my favorite part, in fact, the only part I really liked was the four minutes where they show the Rock doing the Jungle Cruise with what is, in essence, the script from the theme park ride. And he seemed to be enjoying himself, and it's full of bad puns and dad jokes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I and I thought that was good. Um, Jan and I thought after we saw it that maybe they should have taken a page from Pirates of the Caribbean and made a better movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure, <laughs> but also um, perhaps set it in the past. Was it? Was it not? I thought or it was. does it? I mean, it looks pretty <laughs> it like was. it looks pretty old time London at yeah. the beginning. When when is it, it was taking place? Probably like World War One ish. I'm thinking. Is it? Hold on, I'll look it up. You guys, vamp. so I put it to you, listeners. Is this the film's failing or my failing that after seeing it, I wasn't sure what era? Based on the clothing, I would in. say it has to be like 1916, early. according yeah. to Wikipedia. Okay, go. then I'm all wet. That didn't register. Um, also said in 1916, don't breathe too. Of <laughs> uh, um, Jungle Cruise, I watched that this afternoon after putting it off for like a month because I went on this Space Jam Two broke me, and I went on this yeah, like that month was and this a summer. Ha- we got to talk about yeah. Space Jam Two. We'll, oh, we'll shit. get to that. Yeah, um, I went on this like month and a half long. Like I'm done with this shit. <laughs> like I'm not watching these movies unless I really want to watch them, and then. Around the time of this show, I was just like, oh, I should probably cram in a bunch of stuff. So, like, I crammed in Jungle Cruise, and it's just so, like, the thing I think that bugged me the most about it was just how CGI everything yeah, was. Like, yeah. every background, right. and none of it, like, you couldn't even give yourself away to the fantasy of it. Right. Because it was just so in your face. Like, this is artificial, and Emily Blunt is, like, 
so overqualified for this movie. Yes. I thought she was good. She was, yeah. Um, I, those first ten minutes or something, I was like, I wish I was just watching a movie about an adventurer action hero played yeah. by Emily Blunt. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe the movie would be better if her and The Rock switched roles. Because to me, The Rock mm. is miscast. Even when he's doing the puns, I was like, I don't buy this. And then when he's supposed to be this roguish action hero, I don't buy that. I think that would have been a more interesting movie. It, during the first ten minutes of Jungle Cruise, yeah. I sat there and I said, with um, with all due respect to that former SNL cast member, I liked this movie a lot more the first time I saw it when it was called The Mummy. Yeah, it is Cause borrowing a the lot. The film owes a lot there's to a, the Brendan Fraser mummy. There's a John Hanna proxy. There there's is. a Rachel Weiss proxy. And there's another yeah. that's another reason to see the movie we're gonna discuss later on because Brendan Fraser shows up in it and it's delightful. Okay. Yeah. Um I'm into it. I'm into the I agree sauce. with what you're saying about the CGI that everything looks like they're in front of a screen. Yeah. Just when they're like on the water. Yeah. Yeah. It's a green screen. <laughs> and it also made me wonder what they paid Paul Giamatti. Either they lost a lot of him in the editing room or he worked on the movie for one day. Yeah. He shows yeah. up to be outraged twice. He does have the, f at the beginning, I'm just like, oh, he's going to be like the Belloc character right yeah. right but yeah they just don't follow through that with that he at can all. constantly show up yeah. to be another complication but and it, was, it was the first live action disney movie i've ever watched that i spent at least half of its running time wishing i was watching a herzog movie yeah I to could. its credit there we go <laughs> i was it because of Jesse Plemons doing a Christoph Waltz Werner Herzog? It was not. It was because every time they said Aguirre, yeah, I was like, I wish I was watching that movie. Yeah. That's a good movie. And I was wishing that everyone was trying to get the Jungle Cruise ship over a mountain. <laughs> better I movie. I thought that would have been a better plot and wouldn't have involved. The Rock had to eat his shoe at the end of it. I will not spoil it. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil what was honestly a surprise for me when I saw it for the first time. Yeah, by the end of it, when I was watching it this afternoon, I was like, when it's like the rose petals and shit, I'm just like, I'm watching a movie about, I'm 39 years old, I'm watching a movie about <laughs> fucking rose petals, like, and that's like the MacGuffin, like, what am I doing with my life? The, <sighs> the Dwayne Johnson thing, like, you, Patrick, and Rob have talked about, like, how miscast he is, especially as this roguish, romantic lead I kept getting distracted by, like, his cadence because it seems like every line he delivers, yeah. like, this is the trailer line. It's like... <laughs> right. Like, he right. just... Does, like, I... He, uh, Rob put it best. It's just he acts above the material. Right. And that is something that I'm sure he'll fix with Red Notice. I didn't watch that trailer. I know it came out today, but I want to not watch that movie. <laughs> I'll put, I was going to say something extreme, but I just don't want to watch that movie. No. I think Patrick put his finger on it. Yeah. If the two of them had switched roles, yeah. a.k.a. like uh, Lana Turner and Ingrid Bergman in um, <laughs> the Spencer Tracy, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, they were originally supposed to play the opposite women. And then Ingrid Bergman said, well, what if we did this? And that was a great thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that I still have never seen that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. But it has that great story about which one is he now? Somerset right? Maughan visited the set, <laughs> was watching them film, and they said, this is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And apparently that got back to Spencer Tracy. 
and Spencer Tracy was not happy about that at all, especially because it became this anecdote that would be repeated in 2021. Plus, as you guys know, Tracy was a very serious alcoholic. I mean, he would disappear for days, and they would find him in Mexico. So if anyone had had the experience to right. play so someone with a dual demons, personality, right. Right. it was he. Um I was just reading something about that because um, that Gregory Mank book that I bought at Flashback from John Kitley has a chapter about that film, and <coughs> it's going to take a while. And the fact that the Frederick March version, which TCM just showed the other night, um, you know, they do Star of the Month in August, and yeah. one day it was Frederick March. Um it's going to take a while because the Frederick March version is a masterpiece. My God, it's it's one of only two horror films that got an Oscar uh, for acting. That the tide is slowly turning on the Spencer Tracy version. Really, it probably won't happen completely until I'm gone. <laughs> but you two remember, okay? Mm-hmm. People are going to start saying, you know, you've people- sold me because like I have a. Four- John, people, I have a he knocked my he knocked my microphone away. When I don't like what you're saying, <laughs> I'm just gonna pull the cord. It's gonna be like in a Warner Brothers yeah. cartoon. Yeah. You guys hear Adam <laughs> just inexplicably fade out? Yeah. It's because John swung his microphone. There's away. gonna be like three mice who walk your microphone. Yeah. But now I'm not. I was gonna take up your recommendation, but now I'm not so sure. Um, they have it on a TCM disc with Freaks, The Haunting, and House of Wax, and that's the only one I have of the four. And it's the watched. good haunting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's a Yeah, I have a... it on a double feature with the Frederick March one, which yeah. I've watched ten times yeah. and have yet to like flip the disc over well, and like, watch the Spencer Tracy it's one. Like once you know what you like it, use Mandarin. You don't have to order anything else. <laughs> right. And and uh <laughs> Criterion is very busy now because they just released their first slate of four K discs, which are gonna be amazing. But And when, cost an arm and a leg. When mm-hmm. is Criterion gonna get around to releasing the Frederick March? There has Dr. to be some Jekyll kind of Mr. rights Hyde. thing with that. Well the original rights thing is that when MGM made it, and at this point, listeners, aren't you glad summer you tuned in to listen uh, from to us Jungle talk Cruise about to 1931? Um, How do I knock your mic to the side? <laughs> <laughs> That's when you get off topic. I'm just like, get back on MGM, Space Jam. <laughs> MGM bought the rights to the Frederick March version and effectively buried, buried it for right. 20 years, which right. is why it was hard to see. Back to the summer. Yeah. Uh, what was the Brendan Fraser movie? Oh, oh, it's No Sudden Move. No Sudden Move yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. is a movie that all of you within the sound of my voice should see. I have a quibble, which I'll bring up in just a second, but you guys haven't seen it yet. Not yet. So I won't spoil any of it. Amazing cast. He plays this game with lenses that distort space, and as opposed to every other Hollywood movie ever made, he's not shy about making it look as if the space is being distorted. For the first 10 minutes... It's like you're watching a CinemaScope movie where they're using the wrong lens to project it. Because as people walk and the camera pans, there's this woo. And he's doing it deliberately. I have a theory, but I'm not going to share it. I would give something away. Brendan Fraser shows up as a minor heavy. And he's really, really good. And I have to think this was part of the recent Twitter thing, like... Let's bring back Brendan Fraser. It only lasted about a week. He got cast in the new Scorsese. And, and that's always good. Yeah. And I think that's part of it is he's been out of major work for a long time, but he's yeah. always good. Mm-hmm. I would recommend No Sudden Move. Uh, it is a 
film noir, let's say, about something like a heist gone bad, and then suddenly in the last 20 minutes, it becomes a completely different film and sort of becomes a rather heavy-handed critique of our capitalist system. Mm. It's it's a turn. No, Soderbergh. Um, You'll know the turn because there is a cameo, let's call it a cameo, that that wasn't advertised. It's not in the opening credits. And when you get to the end, there's a big star. When you get to the big star, no names, that's when the film takes a turn because it has something it wants you to learn. Mm. It's still terrific and better than 90% of the stuff I saw this summer. I literally could have watched it at any, at any point, and instead, last week, I rented four Redbox movies. Because <laughs> Rob and I, on the last podcast, got to talking about Redbox, and I was like, I'm jonesing for some box, baby. For some reason, I think, when I saw No Sudden Move, it's like July 4th weekend, I'm just like, I know I'm going to need to watch this before the end of the year show, and this feels like a fall movie mm. or like an award season movie. Yeah. So I want to save it almost it for that. It does feel yeah. like a fall movie, and I can almost guarantee that you will like it. I hope so. Me too. Speaking of movies I think we all liked. Okay. Let's talk about Pig. Yeah. Because that movie is awesome. And That's I initially, yeah. I initially resisted it. And then How dare you. You and your lovely wife saw it in a theater. Yeah, we did. And we're very high on it. Yeah, we were. And I believe Erica was saying it was her favorite movie of the year so far. Me too. And I thought, well, Nicolas Cage. Mm -hmm. But we finally sat down to watch it, and it wasn't anything like what I thought it was going to be. And it's terrific. I have a quibble about Pig, but it's a very small quibble. Okay. Because the film is so assured about what it wants to be and what it wants to do. I thought the fight club sequence of the restaurant workers didn't quite fit the rest of the movie. It seemed odd. Okay. I thought the film didn't need it, but that's a that's a minor quibble. It's yeah. a 10 minute sequence. Yeah. Yeah. I I uh kind of was defensive about the movie from the time I saw the trailer cuz the first time I saw the trailer was at the music box. And it was during, uh, I saw all three Lord of the Rings movies in one day. And it was the same two trailers before each Lord of the Rings movie. It was Roadrunner <laughs> and Pig. And what most, an interesting double feature. Most people were seeing all three movies that day. And every single time Pig got like the same ironic laughs. And I was just like so rooting for that movie. Because yeah, I'm just right. like, no, like this looks like it could be really good. And then when I watched it, I just was amazed by how even if you go into the movie being like, I don't know where this is going to take me, you really don't know where that movie is going to take you. And it takes you into like some really just like the whole gamut of emotions. Like it's really sweet at times. And then there's other times that are like so subtle where like even like, but then like 30 seconds later, you're just like, wow, like that's really making an interesting point. And the performances are across the board really great like yes. even um adam arkin i was just like i've never seen this adam arkin performance <laughs> and i didn't know that i needed it but like i did and uh i just was really impressed by it and it's ironic it that you're saying that the trailer met with ironic laughter yeah because i think they were expecting it to be like farmer hoggett john wick <laughs> <laughs> because if there's any Better film yeah. if there's any film this year that's 
more anti-irony. Yeah. Pig yeah. Is, mm-hmm. is decrying irony in a lot of things. It's, it's, it's arguing for genuineness. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's using the world of restaurants as its metaphor. But basically, a pig is about the way that you choose to live your right. life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an amazing scene where Nicolas Cage sits down with this very hip restaurateur and just talks to him about his reality. Right. And it's devastating. Yeah. Um, I would argue that's the best scene in the movie. Me too. But Mm -hmm. there are no bad scenes except maybe (laughs) the fight club club (laughs) sequence, but it's, it's short. It's, you will not see a better movie this year than pig. I mean, there's still a couple months left, but I, it's hard to beat for me right now. I'm excited to rewatch it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It also made me want to rewatch. Oh, where's my brain? I thought it would make a very depressing double feature. Okay. With um, the film about the Johnny Cakes. What? I remember the Sopranos Johnny Cakes. What's the film about the Johnny? They're cakes? stealing milk from the cow. Oh, oh, first cow. Yeah, first cow. That. First cow. Was, were they called and, Johnny Cakes? I think so. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, no, Oily Cakes. Oily Cakes. Oily That's cakes. Right. I call them Johnny Cakes because yeah. my name is Johnny, and I like them. Um, imagine a, a double yeah. feature of First Cow Johnny and Johnny Cakes sounds so much better than Oily Cake, too. I don't want to eat anything well, yeah. oily, oily Cake. is a negative connotation. <laughs> yeah. Johnny yeah. Cake sounds like it's part of mm. U.S. history <laughs> by gum. Um, imagine a, a double feature of First Cow and Pig. Mm-hmm. How many Disney dining credits is a Johnny Cake? <laughs> That's only one, good sir. Would you like a pickle on a stick? I hope it helps people take Nicolas Cage more seriously or at least remind people that he's capable of doing serious work. I know his next movie is Prisoners of the Ghostland where he goes fucking batshit again. So it's mm. going to just send people back down the Nicolas Cage is always goofy. Let's laugh at the trailer. Yeah. One of the best conversations we've ever had at flashback was a year or two ago or three or four. Oh, Who keeps yeah. time? I remember this one where the vendor was saying Nicolas Cage likes to work. When else mm-hmm. do you, do you see people insulting someone who just wants to work? And I had not yeah. thought about it that way, but the guy was right. He said something about like Nicolas Cage being tofu, and it's about like what the director brings to it. Like he's ready to do anything, and he's malleable and can you know meet however the director wants his vision to be. Um, but yeah, I just it's so like remember when they had in uh, I think it was Entertainment Weekly where it was like in. So 15 minutes ago, and it's like, oh, yes. yeah, the whole, like, ironic Nicolas right. Cage thing. Right. You're a dinosaur if you still act like that. Yeah. Stop it. Grow after, up. After A Color Out of Space and Mandy, yeah. I'm like, I will go wherever you will yeah, want right? to take me. Yeah. I'm on and board. And Pig, too. Yep. And now we have the, the, is that a hat trick? I'm not a sports guy. Well, it skips uh, over Willie's Wonderland. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, either of you guys saw that. Every time, no. every time I liked it. I met the producer. No, yeah, you did, Grant Kramer. Grant Kramer. Every time I go through the one of the streaming services it's menus, Hulu. it's it's sitting there like this bright little gem. Pick me, pick me, <laughs> and I say, I'm sorry. Only murders in the building oh, started. How is that? It's really good. Okay, and um, it does a lot of things really well. And uh, it's Steve Martin at the top of his game in terms of script. 
you guys know what a fan I am of Bowfinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bowfinger is currently playing almost every night on a certain cable channel. Oh, really? So Jan and I have been watching in 10-minute increments. And <laughs> like even Cruella. even the lines that aren't big, famous, quotable yeah. laugh lines. Um, at one point, Eddie Murphy says, there is not a big foot that's going to come down and crush me. <laughs> um, his list of, of grievances. Talk about the undiscovered comedy, but it's that Steve Martin who wrote the script. He's at the top of his game. It takes its structure from true crime podcasts, and that really works well Mm -hmm. in terms of structure. I think there's 10 episodes total. And three are out now, right? They release three, and then like Ted Lasso, it's going to be one a week, Okay, which I'm starting to think is a good way to do it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like it as much when they dump them all at the same time. Yep. What else uh, is good this summer? So you both said that Pig was your favorite movie of the the year, not just the summer. So it far. is for me, yeah, for, easily for me. It was uh, of the summer at least was Wrath of Man, and that was the first movie Which I saw started all the summer. summer off. Yeah, and if you would have told me Guy Ritchie would have made my favorite movie of the <laughs> summer, I would have coming said, off Aladdin. I would have said no. Because <laughs> I'm still holding out for Sherlock Holmes three. Yeah, well, I think that is coming. Actually. Is it really? Yeah. Please don't. I yeah. think I think they are supposed oh, to be. You making know. I never you saw know. the second one. It's not great. No, yeah. it's problematic. Yeah, the first yeah. one wasn't great. Yeah, I have not yet seen Wrath of Man. It's like the best it's Jason the, Statham the movie and the best Guy Ritchie movie. And I went into it thinking that it was just going to be kind of the. Like it was, and I'm not knocking this movie. I thought it was going to be like safe or the mechanic or something like that. Like just kind of like right. the Statham programmer. Yeah. yeah. Was and Jason it just... Statham in the Meg? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you two are much better versed on Jason Statham than I am, except for the Meg. I'm not sure if I've ever seen a Jason Statham movie. Really? Okay. Yeah. Even like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels or Snatch or like stuff he's been in in The Italian job. Yeah. Okay, because those are the early ones that yeah. I kind of forget before he became. Okay. Right. Okay, yes, I've seen all those. I, I, but I just thought this movie was going to be like this programmer, and I was kind of like more interested because Josh Hartnett was the fourth lead, and I'm just like, uh, yeah, you know, Josh Hartnett movie, summer, <laughs> let's go. And um, it is like a great revenge movie for half of it. And then it turns into den of thieves. And th- yeah. that all of a sudden is like, that's a re a movie that's so rewatchable to den me. Of yeah. I've, <laughs> I've seen that like so many times and just like the two of them combined. It's oh, just like I this like delicious. It's like, I this, like den of thieves a lot. Yeah. It's like this delicious Oreo cookie of like genre stuff. When I went yeah. to see it, I was expecting nothing other than yeah. the most generic, Oh no! Are are you laughing at Den of Thieves? No, it's. Just, I find Den uh, of Thieves very watchable, yeah. but it's it's dis, it's Redbox Heat. Redbox Heat. I'm not heat. saying, yeah. I'm, but it's still there's I'm not like much it's the greatest movie ever made. It's yeah. like how I originally felt about, I believe it's gone in sixty seconds. Yeah. Yes, that it was the last day of school. Yeah. School was out. Jake, it was his last day of school. We went to this movie. Okay, Nicolas Cage has to steal some cars. Go. Yeah, and it. Wanted nothing from you other than to entertain you. Yeah, I Den of Thieves is funny to me because it's so like a group of bros in a bar 
We were just like, let's make our own heat. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and even like the reveal at the end of the movie, light spoiler Ugh. for Den of Thieves. Ugh. It's just like, it's an intramural soccer team that we're just like, we're fucking smart. Let's show them <laughs> how smart we are. <laughs> and, um, but Wrath of Man is like, just for, just for pure action cinema, I thought it was by far the best straightforward action movie I'd seen in a long time. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's really solid. It's got some like seventies crime movie vibes. Yeah. Um, and holy shit, is there a lot of gunfights? The shootout at the end is epic. Yeah. It's, yeah, I really liked Wrath of Man. Yeah. This might actually get me to watch it. It's, you should. It's, it's good. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you literally said the same. Okay. Especially okay. if it's uh, it's decided then. Yeah. <laughs> It'll probably be on somebody's end of the year list, and you'll want to catch up with it by then. I've got a couple hours tonight. There I'm retired. Go. There you go. It's swing it, by a red box. It's either that or Barb and Star is my favorite movie of the year so far. Oh, nice. Yeah, I I love Don Cheadle. As <laughs> <laughs> as we discussed, you know, he's the star of No Sudden Move. Yeah. He's the lead. Yeah. Um, that I was expecting nothing from Barb and Star. I know it's not a summer movie, but Barb and Star is well worth your time. Mm-hmm. That's on Hulu also, everyone. Yes, as you well as... You double feature it with um, Willie's Wonderland. And and then, in little tiny bites, uh, only murders in the building. That's right. That's how we got on there. What this else is was... making me think that suddenly my Hulu dollar is being well spent. Yeah. In fact, does Hulu Hulu has the thing where the day after it's on FX, you can watch it on Hulu. Yeah. for free with no commercials and because tonight um the new season of um what we do in the, what shadows. We do in the shadows starts. I only watch basketball on Hulu cuz it's Hulu hoops. <laughs> oh. oh, you like the Jungle Cruise puns, and you're giving me shit. But that's not a Jungle Cruise pun. I would, however... Oh, no, he's knocking see- away my mic. <laughs> I would, however, pay to see a movie where Adam is the Jungle Cruise skipper, and he's not given a script ahead of time. Oh, I would have fun with that. But you know you're only pretending to steer. The boat yeah. steers itself. Yeah. And just to hear you wing it for 20 minutes, Yeah, yeah. I would pay to... I would pay to experience that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i would be like look at the backside of water get your bottles because it costs six dollars (laughs) here um what else was good (laughs) (laughs) yeah good question zola zola was zola is really good zola had uh some of the biggest laughs of the summer for me yeah movie i I didn't know if I would like it, and I saw it at the Landmark Century, and it was a very, like, hipper-than-thou crowd, and I was not vibing that. But, like, that movie's really funny at times. There's Especially Taylor Page's line deliveries on yeah. certain things. It's just really, really good. And it's got the best Whoopi Goldberg joke I've ever heard in my life. I don't remember the Whoopi Goldberg joke. Uh, so she's on, uh, she's dancing on stage. And this, like, real kind of grody guy goes up to her and puts, like, a dollar in her belt. And he goes, you look just like Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> and then she gives him this look like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I knew nothing about Zola going in. I knew yeah. the poster. And yeah. I knew it was based on a Twitter thread, but I had never read the Twitter thread. I didn't know what the Twitter thread was about. Yeah. So every turn that that movie took was brand new to me which was really a fun way to see it because it goes in lots of crazy directions especially if you don't know exactly what's going to happen like erica had read the thread and was aware of kind of 
the changes that were made to the story. I was not. So it was brand new to me. Taylor Page gave one of my favorite performances of the year yeah. in that movie. Riley Keough is great, too, but I think I'm almost positive Riley Keough didn't know they were making a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah we've, we've said things similar to that about Riley Keough. We're, it's like wherever she goes, sorrow follows. <laughs> There's no fun keto. But it's really good. I hope when it shows up on like some streaming service or something that more people catch up with it because it kind of came and went even for a small movie. Yeah. Uh, but it's really, really good. It's definitely one of the better movies I've seen all year. Yeah. Uh, Adam, you liked Cruella. Oh, okay. Is it the time we're in the show where I talk about Cruella? You can. I I, <laughs> I should admit on the podcast that it's now available to stream on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. We were free. waiting to watch it with Erica's mom, so we haven't watched it yet. I wanted to watch it before we got to this show, so at least one of us could engage in the Cruella discussion, but we can't. Did, did John, did you see Cruella? I have not. Okay, so here's the thing. So I'm of two minds about Cruella. So like, if I'm looking at it just as a movie, because I rewatched it, forcing myself just to look at it as a movie because I had this weird obsession with this movie um, <laughs> is I enjoy it because it's like the Bram Stoker's Dracula murder on the Orient Express remake um, oh, beauty and the Beast language remake thing where it's just like, look at these costumes, look at these hmm. sets, look at this, like professionals like, doing professional, their job well. Like this is the type of movie where if it was any good, like, well, I won't say any good, but if it was better, <laughs> It could be nominated in like eight Oscar categories for just craft departments. It probably still will be. Yeah. So it's just from the look of it, it's great. Like I could watch 10 minutes of it anytime, and I have watched 10 minutes of it here <laughs> and there. Um, and I think the performances are fun. Like Emma Stone's fun, Emma Thompson's fun. Um, for some reason, just like I saw it at the El Capitan in LA, and that movie, and I just kind of. Dr- was taken in by the experience because that movie you feel like you're at the premiere of a movie when you see a movie there and um just ever i walked out of the theater and i was just like well that was all right and then like throughout the rest of the trip i just kept seeing like cruella posters and ads all over la and the whole time i was just like i think i really like cruella (laughs) and then i got home and i'm just like no i really like cruella and then I was just like, she looks like the crow, but a lady crow. Now I really like Cruella. <laughs> Cruella. Cruella. So I don't know. And then when I was at Spirit Halloween and I saw an end cap where it where was like. Where is there a Spirit Halloween, by the way? I haven't um, seen one yet. Uh, the shopping center across the street from Woodfield where like the Barnes and Noble is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's it. one in. But uh, when were you there? At uh, Spirit Halloween. Yeah. Like last weekend. Because I was there last week. They haven't said everything. And I didn't did. see you there. And wop, wop. <laughs> well, no, we were very surprised yeah. because when I saw that it was open, yeah. I assumed it would be open and full of products. No, no, no. they open it well before. Yeah, they stock. I've it. gone it's to very two. strange. Yeah, I, I went to the one in Arlington Heights, and it was very similar to it's, that. Yeah. I remember that from last year. Yeah, I, I went appreciate in. the fact that they're that <laughs> yeah. they know people are chomping at it. It looks bit, like come on. It looks like clearance. Like you're right. Like they're closing today. They don't have any of <laughs> yeah. the animatronics set up. No, most of the shelves are empty. It, it's yeah. like. Do you know what open means? Yeah. That means the doors are open. But I saw they didn't have the product yet, of course. Because, Naturally. But there was an end cap that said, like, coming soon, and it was, like, the Cruella end cap. And I'm like, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> I saw in a store fixture that I think for the first time ever yeah. they're going to have Haunted Mansion stuff. Yeah. And when we got home, I went on the website mm. and saw what the Haunted Mansion stuff they were going to have. 
once they're stocked and bought it online because it's something I want. Is yeah. it any good? The thing? Is the thing any good? The Haunted Mansion stuff. Some of it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Lowe's hardware store had an exclusive Haunted Mansion item this year, and um, I believe they've sold out of it because people went in with six fingers on each hand and grabbed them up, and now they're all on eBay yeah. for two and three oh, times. Wow. Um, it looks like a little crystal ball that sits wherever you put it, and it projects. Oh, haunted mansion stuff onto your that walls and it spins and the color changes yeah it's very very nice nice yeah but cruella for free i say go for it worth it i'm it's, definitely gonna yeah, watch it so i will have seen it by our year-end mm-hmm. show yeah. that will justify the fact um jan and i got new phones and we re-upped with a certain carrier and our new plan mm-hmm. includes Disney Plus is part of it. Yeah. So it's insane how many needle drops are in the movie. And it's like some <laughs> of the stuff, well, I'll say all of the stuff with the needle drops is like embarrassing how on the nose it is because it's like she's taken on the moniker now. She's Cruella DeVille. And they're just like, we should play a song to signify this. How well, about yeah. Sympathy for the Devil? Naturally. And I'm just like, oh my God. And this was like two minutes after. They have like a Coupe de Ville drive up, and she's just like, "Why do I like that name?" And it's like the Han Solo thing. Oh seems... no! I will say this: <laughs> you just actually... talked me out of seeing this movie. I'm actually kind of glad I brought up the Solo thing because, where Solo, a Star Wars story, I was just like, "This would be so much better if it was just called like Adventure Boy in Space, and it wasn't about <laughs> Han Solo." Yeah, Cruella, de... Cruella would be so much better if it was not about the character Cruella right, de Ville right. because it really kind of soft pedals who she really is in the cartoon but if it was just about like you know the devil wears prada goth lady yeah then i would be like oh this was a cool original movie one of my favorite bad reviews of all time i was in san francisco for ncte the weekend that cat in the hat came out the mike myers one yes okay and the reviewer in some san francisco newspaper that i picked up because i was bored said it's a shame that the movie studio paid any money to dr seuss because they simply should have released this movie as asshole and fur <laughs> <laughs> now i kind of want to watch the cat and i have yeah. more than i did before yeah um Sympathy for the Devil yeah. in a Disney movie like that right. seems a little dark because she wants to make a coat out of dogs, but she's not talking about killing the Kennedys. I mean, no. there's a there's but, a matter of degree here. And also, she she wears the coat, the Dalmatian coat, and then somebody's just like, "You didn't kill the dogs, did you?" And she's just like, "No." And it's like, and then at the end of the movie. You know, the plot plays out, but it's like there's no inclination, there's no indication that at any point this woman who's kind of kooky, but like isn't like that is ever going to get to that point. So it's oh, sort of it. Okay. So I'm, so I think that Disney feels because I know they're doing a sequel, and I'm good. I'm, I'm I'm wondering if they're just like, oh, well, we got we got past the controversy. Now we can just like have her be likable like maleficent and stuff like that. right yeah i think they're so like they they want to like skate around like the larger issues of these characters because they want movies about your villains then yeah it's like they want to make everything the descendants for grown-ups right you know so the george clooney movie you're talking about (laughs) 
Yes. Could the title be Too Cruella to some verb? Deville. Too Cruella to Deville. Yeah. Sure. Too Cruella to De- Okay. I'm too done. cruel for school. Too, too Cruella for with the number four. Yeah. Too Cruella for school. Yeah. I liked but didn't love Werewolves Within. I thought it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. A smaller horror movie that came out this summer. I was looking at the list trying yeah. to find other stuff that I even liked. I was and Werewolves Within is on the list. I was distracted during that movie by like the 90s bar. And I'm like, I want to go to that 90s <laughs> bar. <laughs> um, I liked, uh, well, I thought this is another one where I didn't love it. But like the more I get away from it, the more I like it. A Quiet Place Part 2 was like, well, this is a real movie, and the opening scene is pretty great. Yeah, it's and one I'll of these that. weird things yeah. where, like, that movie did its job, and yeah. did its job pretty well, yeah. and then I forgot about it, and, yeah. like, I kind of didn't care. Mm-hmm. I've seen it more recently than the two of you, obviously, and I was really impressed, because I'm watching it at home, at the level of suspense and the level that I was invested, mm-hmm. and... Very frequently, uh, John Krasinski, who also wrote this one, yeah. has action going on in three different places, and he cuts between the three. And one could argue he might do this too many times, but when one character is in a situation, there'll be a cut where we don't realize we're in the second situation yet. We think we're still in the first. Yeah. And I thought that was very effective. Um I really, really liked it. I went in not expecting much. and Were you a fan of the first one? Very much a fan okay. of the first one. I kind of feel about it the way I felt about the first one, which I was like, yeah. that was good. That was really well done. And Plus, I saw it with Erica, and she can't handle anything these days. And so she was just closing her eyes it's, and squealing. It's very and, tense. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was freaking out. So that made it fun. But I just I forgot that it was a movie. Plus, it's got the baby thing. And when yeah. babies are in jeopardy, I'm like, tread lightly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, it's a baby. Yeah. <laughs> that opening scene was good, though. It yeah. was, yeah. It was. The whole thing was really good. good. I just, good. yeah. I liked Luca. Did you guys see Luca? Oh, did I see Luca? And I saw <laughs> Luca because your children were, well, the first time I saw it was with them. Yeah. And then they were insisting that I watch it. But because they had seen it so many times, yeah. they were sort of watching it <laughs> and fooling around. So it was hard for me to pay attention. Um, Rosie, you're dancing in front of the screen. Yeah. So later, Jan and I just watched it by ourselves. That's probably the way to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's vintage Pixar. It's yeah. very well done. The jokes are very funny. It's got this message that they don't hit you over the head with about tolerance. Yeah. And it's more aimed at kids than adults. This like, even the message, much. which I appreciated, because sometimes it's like soul is a little heady for like children some, and things and, like that. And but, I yeah. I don't want to spoil it because I thought it was so delightful. But there's a joke at the very end mm-hmm. which gets to the heart of what the film is trying to talk about. Can can I spoil yeah, something? Yeah, it's Luca? fine. Yeah. There are two old women who walk through the film. Mm-hmm. They're kind of punctuation. They're kind of a running joke. One of them has an umbrella. You'll notice them the first time you see them. The film goes on, and at the end, it's revealed that the two of them are sea monsters who have been living among the humans. Yeah. And it's just this wonderful little punctuation of you have no idea what people's internal lives are like. So try to be tolerant. It costs you nothing. I liked uh, just even the plot. 
mechanics of it where it's just like it's a triathlon of swimming uh biking and eating spaghetti and i'm just like this is adorable (laughs) because the sponsor (laughs) is the spaghetti maker yeah so that's gotta be part of it and like they have um i thought like that whole like italian village was just like really beautifully animated and they have like faded posters of like roman holiday in the background and everything and i'm just like this movie just loves being this movie and i really appreciate that And it's a return to the comic villain yeah where he's never as big as of a threat as you think because he's so ridiculous Mm -hmm. and in in children's movies that i like it's not a children's movie but i always go back to singing in the rain and singing in the rain the worst thing that happens to the villain is she's laughed at at the end yeah that she gets the horse laugh um but a lot of modern films want to punish the villain punish By punish punish giving them their own origin story movie yes well i don't remember the character's name but that would be a hard sell to have a movie it was with. luca deville no I'm just no 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 <laughs> <laughs> because luca's the um maya rudolph and uh jim gaffigan oh yeah do the parents, terrific yeah. voice work as yeah. the parents as does Everyone. I also like the subplot about um, the girl's father. It was really good. Yeah, um, and it wasn't it wasn't done obnoxiously, but the 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 girl's father's handicapped, and that is dealt with in the in the course of the film. Mm-hmm. Luca is delightful. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about this when we talked about the movie. I think it was a show you were on, Adam. That just there's this pressure for Pixar to make a masterpiece every time. Yeah. And when it's something a little more slight, like Luca, people are like, eh. Which is a shame. Yeah. Because not everything needs to be. And let's remember, they still made cars. And I want them to be back in theaters. Like, yeah, I would have. I would have enjoyed Luca in a theater, like in that Dolby cinema. For what you're saying, just in terms of the way it looked, I would have liked it on a bigger screen. Yeah. Um, can I talk about a phenomenon I noticed this summer? Yes. And in the course of this... Literally what we're doing. We will talk about four films that couldn't be any different from each other. All right. Although looking at them with this little coding system I came up with, they actually have one big thing in common. Uh, they're all about music. I like phenomenon. But I'm, I'm talking about the movie Respect. the world. I'll be the sunlight in your universe. What the hell? <laughs> We're singing Eric Clapton with Babyface from Phenomenon, the John Travolta movie. Change oh the God. world, baby, if By I the way, So they took the Eric Clapton song and they did that thing to it? Did what mm-hmm. thing to it? Eric Clapton has a song called Change the World. Yeah, that's what we're saying. It's from Phenomenon. <laughs> Unless he did it earlier. And then he they, did. Okay. And then they... Oh, really? You... you it's like the, 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 the most egregious example of this is when, for the bad Godzilla movie, yeah. they took Come Cashmere. With Come they, with me again. They took Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. I put that in a random Dana songs Dana. I love column. So. And, they had, and they had Puff Daddy, yeah. like, groan. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Come yeah. with me. Yeah. Like, I like when he's just like, I'm going to bite you. I'll fucking bite you. Can't stand nobody like you. <laughs> You can't run, you can't hide, no surprise, come with me. So yes, the song you're referencing yeah. was, was a an song old song. I didn't even know it, that. Before yeah. it became this amalgamation. But I'm glad we bring up Eric Clapton because fuck Eric Clapton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when you're old. Go George Harrison. And because all these because <laughs> That's all why, these, right? Because all these <laughs> I mean it's part of it. Okay. 
Someone last week made a George Harrison joke <laughs> on the Twitter machine that was so hilarious. Yeah. It was so great, and now I can't remember what it is. But Eric Clapton recently has been in the doghouse because he's been saying things about getting vaccinated that seem misinformed. Yeah. And he should take a horse dewormer. Someone made a joke connecting the anti-vax thing to the fact that he stole George Harrison's wife. Yeah. And at the time, George Harrison's response was, well, I'm glad she's with him and not some dope. Mm -hmm. In any case, all four of these films are about music. Okay. And I think for to, to a greater or lesser extent, they all have the same problem. See if you agree. The first one's Respect, the Aretha Franklin biopic. The second one is In the Heights. Uh, based on this uh, famous Broadway show that Lynn manuel Miranda wrote before Hamilton. The fourth, I'm sorry, the third is The Sparks Brothers, which I saw in a real theater mm -hmm. in California, of all places. And then the fourth one is Summer of Soul, the documentary that Questlove cobbled together because for some reason we had all this hundreds of hours of footage of this concert that no one remembers anymore. Yeah. And it was the same summer as Woodstock. So why did Woodstock get this... Anyway, Summer of Soul is really, really good. Yeah. And I would suggest that everyone watch it. It's it's really, really good and makes a whole bunch of social points mm -hmm. in a in an entertaining fashion. But it does it, things come up because during the Summer of Soul concerts, man landed on the moon. And oh, they were yeah. asking people at the concert, what do you think of man landing on the moon? And the concert attendees have some very interesting <clears throat> things to say about the moon landing. So thank you for including that. So two of these are fictional films. Uh, Sparks Brothers Summer of Soul is a documentary and Respect is a biopic. And they're all about music. And they're all way too long. And feel like it. I sat down to watch Respect, and I can't think of a movie I wasn't looking forward to more. I was really looking forward to Respect. Really? Because I'm a big Aretha Franklin fan, and instantly we have Ray Syndrome. Yeah, it's I've, walk hard. I've yeah. told this story before. <clears throat> the first time Jan and I watched Ray, the disc gives us the choice of the theatrical version or the extended director's cut, mm -hmm. and we stupidly choose the extended director's cut. Mm. And day turns to night, <laughs> and we're two hours in, and he's not blind yet. <laughs> it, it's, it's endless. And the second thing, especially during Respect, is walk-hard syndrome. Right. Yeah. Where I could tell that from the trailer. You it looked cannot, like a funnier die sketch. Well, there's a scene that's exactly like one of our favorite scenes in Walk Hard. You have to prove to me in the next 30 seconds. <laughs> Maybe my favorite scene in Walk That you Hard. are John Michael Higgins, man. He brings it. That you are worthy. <laughs> I don't think there's anything you can do, quite frankly. <laughs> but Respect suffers. Respect has a Jennifer Hudson performance that will get nominated for an Oscar because it's really, really good. And my God, can she sing. And when she's singing, the film is entertaining. And to be fair... It's like giving Emeril an award for cooking at this point. It's like, we know she can sing. 75% of the yeah. film is her singing. There are musical sequences that I've... Yeah. I can't remember a musical that had more music in it. But what it really borrows from more than um, Walk Hard is the VH1 behind the music trope. That as we're watching, men are bad. 
and you're sitting there going, I don't know about that father, mm-hmm. and I don't know about that boyfriend, and I don't know about that first husband, and wouldn't you know, yeah. they're rat bastards. And how could she have fallen? That gets really old after a while. I think respect is 145 minutes. No. It feels long. Not now, I cool. know In the Heights is a little different because it was based on a Broadway show and More Broadway like shows. D-I-S-R-E-S-P-C-T. Mm-hmm. It's a complete, mm-hmm. I will disrespect that yeah. movie. In fact, they didn't even include one of my favorite anecdotes that the first time um, Otis Redding yep. heard Aretha Franklin's version of Respect, someone turned to him and said, it's not your song anymore. No, okay. I didn't know it was his song originally. Yeah, he wrote. Okay, I should watch um, Respect. Aretha's is is a, and then I was mad because I'm such a big Blues Brothers fan, yeah. and they left that out completely. Although during the end credits, there's a series of photographs from her career, and there's Aretha with mm-hmm. John and Danny, and at least they acknowledge it. You want chicken legs or chicken wings? And she's great in that movie. <laughs> she's really, really good. Although, and that's another thing they could have included because John Landis has told the story 78 times. Aretha never sang the same song the same way twice. Mm-hmm. So she could not get the, um, when they were she making the, sing to the track. Oh. Yeah. Oh, the she track. couldn't sing okay. to her own track. It never matched. Oh. And it drove them crazy in the editing. <clears throat> in the Heights is a Broadway show and Broadway shows an evening's entertainment. And so that's really long. When I saw the Sparks Brothers, I talked to you because you had seen it, and I said, that could have been an hour shorter, and I believe your famous answer was, that could have been a half an hour total. No. I think you said that could have been a half an hour shorter, and I think I said it could have been an hour. With all apologies to Eric Asperschlager, because he he really liked it, and it fostered Mm -hmm. his love of Sparks. Yeah. And then Summer of Soul, which you can argue... If they're saying this was the black Woodstock, then it has every right to be as long as Woodstock. I think if I had seen it in a theater, the uh, length... Yeah, I saw it in a theater. Oh. Because I, I don't have Hulu and I just... That's just a like, flex. And did the, length, <laughs> did the length bother you in yeah, the theater? Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, okay, so this is either me yeah. who has no attention span left or me saying, because these things <laughs> go right... What, that I don't... No, that I saw a movie that I could have watched on Hulu in a theater or something. I I could have no attention span left, but... It was funny. He's got jokes. Because so many films are being released streaming, it's the same thing that happened when we suddenly had multiplexes. Yeah. That studios weren't as concerned anymore with, it's got to be two hours because we got to get people in and out. Yeah. I liked um, the thing that I remember with... there's For some reason, the bit... In Summer of Soul, that I remember the most is the stuff with the fifth dimension. Yeah. And I really liked that whole thing where they're just like, black audiences heard us on the radio and they thought we were white. So when we came out and we sang the song that was like the number one single at the time and they were just like, these people are black. Up, up and away. Which if you hear it on the radio, does sound like, it sounds very white. I I thought that was really interesting. And then um, when they had the one concert goer who was a little boy and he's just like, and I saw her and I was just like, that's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. I was thinking that before he said it where I was watching the movie, I'm like, that's one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. I'm like, I'm with you, kid. And the fact that Questlove 
got a lot of the performers yeah. who are still alive yeah. and got some people who are actually there mm-hmm. is tremendous yeah. because Mavis Staples tells that story yeah. that Mahalia Jackson was supposed to close out the gospel part of the show yeah. and Mahalia wasn't feeling very well, mm-hmm. so asked Mavis Staples to do it. And I'm a big Mavis Staples fan, one of the greatest birthday presents of all time was Mavis Staples tickets from a certain P. Bromley. And um, Mavis Staples goes out there, and she's got a voice that doesn't stop. And Mahalia felt that she was very uncomfortable with the spotlight going to Mavis. So she yeah. walks out at the end and sort of turns it into a duet because she doesn't want Do you remember Summer who closed Summer of Soul the is worth mo- everyone's time. Who closed the movie, like that concert? Like, who did they end with? I can't remember. Was it C.V. Wonder, or was that... Just towards I the think end. he was. See, I don't. I don't remember the chronology. Yeah. Here's my point. Especially if the movie revolves around music, you you might want to take a page and and be a little bit more. You might want to edit it a little bit more because mm-hmm. I enjoyed In the Heights. I enjoyed Summer of Soul. I thought Sparks Brothers and Respect had some problems. But all four of those films would benefit by being shorter. Yeah. Yeah. I thought In the Heights was, like, okay when I was watching it. And then when I saw kind of where, like, I think based on the trailer, I was expecting something more operatic, like a West Side Story type of thing. But then when I saw, like, what the stakes were, mm-hmm. I was like, well, this seems easy to solve. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you my In the Heights story. Go and, back to school. <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this. This yeah. is completely hypothetical. Nothing I'm about to say is real or actually happened. Mm-hmm. Let's say there's a high school, yeah. and the high school does a musical every year. Many high schools do a musical. Of course. So you couldn't identify what high school I'm talking about. Of course not. That does a musical every year. Mm -hmm. And the person in charge of the musicals has this feeling that young people have a very short attention span and won't sit through a musical. Mm -hmm. So even though when you contract to do a musical and they send you the scripts and the scores and everything, legally you're saying that you're going to do the whole thing. Mm -hmm. The person in question cuts the show by as much as an hour. And the first time, hypothetically, I saw one of these abominations, it was hairspray. And it made no sense. And I sat there and I'm like, is this just me? This doesn't make sense. And then a few months later, a friend of ours did hairspray at Drury Lane. And I sat through it and I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, now I see what the plot is. When you do the whole show, it kind of becomes clearer. Mm-hmm. Here's my point. Hypothetically, the first time I saw In the Heights, mm-hmm. it was one of these 90-minute wonders <laughs> with no intermission. Yeah. That solves the problem that you were just talking about. Does it work? No. Oh. Because once again, I was like, I don't understand what this is. <laughs> yeah. It came across as there's a whole bunch of people on a block and they're colorful and they sing and then we go home. Wasn't that the movie? Well, the movie does have a plot. For instance, there's the father who is going to sell his business so that the child can go to school or something. Jimmy Smith's. Right. Yeah. In this hypothetical high school production. Bobby Simone. He was cut out. Good. (sighs) 
so she's just like worried about upsetting a ghost. <laughs> like it came, it came across as, look at these colorful immigrants. Sure. Yeah. Um. Yikes. And then wasn't the, it mostly a? Isn't this hypothetical school mostly white? Yes. So you can imagine they had a hell of a time finding someone to play Usnavi, the main character, as well as every other part in the show. Yeah. So one thing I will say. He was a sailor, an actual sailor in this show. Much like like Hairspray, I did sit through in the Heights this time on, was that on Disney Plus? HBO Max. On HBO Max, and I was like... Oh, it's a panoply that has a plot where everything makes sense in terms of the block changing and people having to make decisions. Imagine, okay, I'm done with the rant. There was that whole scene where, like, they go out, like, so Usnavi, like, has this crush on this girl in the neighborhood, and he finally gets a date with her. And he's ignoring her at the club. Yes. And I'm just like, you are hopeless. I hope she finds somebody better. And then, like, they get together. Well, sorry. Spoilers for inside. <laughs> they get together at the end. I'm just like, no. No, you should have gone to the DR because you're a dumbass. <laughs> People who liked the Broadway show yeah. were very upset yeah. by the frame story of the new movie because that's not part of the Broadway oh, show. Really? Oh, it really and is. they felt... That it was needlessly, it was obviously it was, trying to trick you. It was right. Will Smith and Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'll admit, it did trick me because yeah. I yeah. I went along because, of course, I was not completely informed about what In <laughs> the Heights was about. Who's this Jimmy Smith's guy playing? So I just assumed, I just assumed the frame story <laughs> was another thing that hit the curb when Mr. Yeah, Vegas right, decided right. to do his 90-minute version of uh, It kind of did turn into like this low-stakes The Village, though, at the end, where they're just like, they were in the supermarket the whole time. <laughs> and it's just like... Adrian Brody's <laughs> dead in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the Sparks Brothers, like, here's the weird thing with the Sparks Brothers. Yeah. I hated the movie. I thought it was just <laughs> total shit. But, like, the um, I've listened to Sparks music over the summer. Okay. And it's really growing on me. And, okay. like, I'll get into moods where I want to listen to the Sparks. So I'm just like, was this just the worst testimonial ever for, a, like, something that's good? Because at the time, I was just unfamiliar with the music and my gripe was I'm not hearing enough of the music I'm hearing people just talk about it and if I don't know what I'm it's like somebody saying like isn't McDonald's pickles great and it's like yeah for two and a half hours can we can we change the like change can I this? try a pickle yeah, please can I try a pickle <laughs> Edgar Wright is like this guy in college yeah. who's gonna argue with you all night long even though you're not arguing yeah. that Neil Pert is the best drummer yeah. who ever lived now the odd thing is, is I think at some point, one of the failings of the film is that the film itself, maybe at the direction of the brothers, is being too polite about who ripped them off. Mm-hmm. Because at one point, it actually puts its toe in the water yeah. of saying, these yeah. three bands got really, really famous, yeah. sounding exactly like Sparks. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you completely. Where the film works, for instance, is the first time we get to see this town ain't big enough for the two of us. Mm-hmm. And it's this, oh, I've never heard a pop song like this before. Yeah. So why not do that more? I saw it in an empty theater, and I really wish you guys were with me because by like the third act, 
I was just like, like real like <laughs> grumpy. So like when they got to the point where it was like, we're going to do on consecutive days for 30 days, all of our albums and we're going to play them yeah, live yeah. and everything like that. I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, this is unnecessary. <laughs> I'm like, this I, is more for you than it is for us. And I saw it at the movie theater at City Walk yeah. at Universal. Mm-hmm. Um, the The show sold out. No. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And... I would say by the end of the movie, mm-hmm. the theater was half full. Really? No, oh, jeez, yeah. a lot of walkouts. Yeah. Really? That's... Well, think about think about City Walk though. Yeah, I could get a hot dog. I could go to Universal Studios <laughs> mm-hmm. and go on a ride. There's yeah. there's competition there for your time. I mean, Pink's is across. The Have you watched Annette? I tried yet? Pink's for the first time this summer. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. I have not watched Annette. Okay, I haven't either. Yeah. From what I've read about Annette, that's what's kept me from watching Annette. Okay. I'll eventually see it, but you know what? You know what I, I, I think about Annette? What's what's the other film? Um, I feel about Annette the way I feel about The Green Knight. And at the start of the podcast oh, 10 good years ago. Good segue. Good yeah. segue. 10 years ago, we used to say this a lot. Both of those movies look like homework to me. Yeah. Yeah, The Green Knight is homework. I haven't seen Annette. And I have not seen Green Knight. Okay, but let's talk about The Green Knight, because I know Adam saw it. I saw it, yeah, between yes, last night and today. The director he's perhaps most allergic to. David Lowry. <laughs> um, I'll just put it this way. David Lowry is just like, I feel like his own biggest fan. And he's just <laughs> like, I need him to be less, how do I put it? in my face about how much he loves his own direction. <laughs> okay. Um, and I feel just similarly to how I feel like with James Gray movies and like the film comment articles and yeah. stuff, they're just like, yeah. isn't James Gray the best director ever? And I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> but I will say this and you and I and Erica were kind of joking around about it. Like I definitely was drowsy during parts of the green Knight. The green Knight's my favorite of his movies. And I thought that it was okay. It, like something. especially in the middle, I thought it was like really interesting, yeah. and it, when it was getting very weird, it reminded me kind of my of my Ad Astra reaction, where I'm like, as a story, I have a lot of problems with this, but from just how kind of strange this is getting, I don't get this very often, and I'm thankful that I'm seeing a movie that's quirky like this. Um, but the whole. And I know it's based on like an Arthurian legend yeah. and a poem and stuff yeah. like that, so it's not. He's using the source material. The whole time, I'm just like, then just don't cut off his head at the beginning. Then, like, maybe right. if you just, like, right. hit him on the shoulder, like, you're not going to have to die, at the, you know, and stuff right. like that. It's like, it just, the, the whole thing seemed kind of like a odd proposal to hang a movie on, but it's not the movie's fault. Well, right, but know? if he doesn't do that, then he's not the character who's... Yeah, so he's a brave dead guy. But it's, but it's not about It's not about being brave. It's about being a show-off, you know? Like, you yeah. know... But I mean, that's like, was his he, that, tragic flaw is that he's being a show off. Yeah. Was he like that beyond the pale that he has to like suffer that consequence? For right. It? I don't well, know. he knew what was he knew. the He knew the bargain. But I did. I, I would give it like three out of four. I was. Okay. I was a fan of it. Thank and you I, for saying based on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my new pet peeve. Yeah. Based on my old pet peeve. Ask your children. I went on and on about this the other night. People now say based off, or even worse, based off of. Mm -hmm. So if this movie is based on a poem, that's the phrase. 
This is based on this. So how did the popular version become the opposite? The opposite of on is off. Mm -hmm. How is something based off of something else? Mm -hmm. That it's a takeoff? I'm sure I've said it before. No, no, no. I just don't understand how that happened. And I have nothing better to worry about. So, Adam, (laughs) I will not be stealing your microphone. I am so happy that you I didn't know where this was going. It's actually just based on. And then... then, Adam can be in stereo. What did you think of the Green Knight? I haven't seen it. Oh, I thought you saw it. It looks okay. like homework. Oh, yeah. It kind of is homework. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And uh, it's when it came out, it was AF. playing at the music box. It, everything I read was positive. It's going to be on lots of tent lists. And people lists. were yeah. saying, run, don't walk to see it's this It's available movie. to stream now if you're interested. It's so fussy. Jan might like it more than you, because I think it's a little more up Jan's alley. Mm. Um, I almost wished it was weirder. I could see that. Like, yeah. I wanted more fantasy shit, yeah. you know? But if it's not part of the original poem or And it's the legend, gentleman from Slumdog Millionaire, correct? It yeah. is. And he's good in it. And I'm not sure. always the biggest fan of his, but, like, I thought he was good in it. Yeah. He's aging into a more interesting actor than, like... In Slumdog Millionaire, I was bummed... Or I was annoyed because he's so, like, wide-eyed and, like... Yeah. yeah put upon. Wide-eyed and dewy. Yeah. I liked the whole 25th hour sequence at the end. Yeah. I, I read something... It was like the unending explained article. Okay. And David Lowry was saying that it was Last Temptation of Christ. And I was just oh, like, Oh, sure. Yeah. So, yeah. That, so I thought it was. There's. A, so I, not 25th hour is what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, he does. That's go, where I went. He does go to jail at the end of the movie. <laughs> he says, Make me not look pretty. And then the Green Knight beats the shit out of him and he goes to <laughs> New York jail. <laughs> Sorry for spoiling the He's green. He's at that night, club. Everybody. He wants to fuck Anna Paquin. It's a terrible thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about. He's dating a girl named Naturel. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> That's because she doesn't shave her legs. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the Suicide Squad. Okay. Yeah, that's probably the only other summer movie that I liked. I think. I like. I know it. you weren't crazy about it. I was not, and I was all prepared to like it because, good lord. Um. I thought it owed a little bit too much to um, Guardians of the Galaxy, and okay. not in a good way. Okay. Um, that uh, Groot is Shark Boy, and it's basically yeah, yeah, the yeah. same joke. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really mean-spirited, but maybe one of the reasons I thought that was uh, James Gunn has this joke in the first 10 minutes. Can I spoil it? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, right. it hasn't I been out know. for very long. But it's a joke that we've seen in a handful of other movies, too. Like what? Deadpool uh, the, 2. Deadpool 2 did the joke. MacGruber does the joke. The The other guys kind of does the joke. Yeah. Okay. Deadpool 2 is the big one. That uh, I mean, You probably didn't see Deadpool 2, but uh, let's it's just say, literally the exact same let's joke. Let's just say there were a number of actors I was looking forward to seeing in the film. Yeah. And and I was disappointed by that. Yeah. There were parts of it that I liked. Okay. Um, I thought it was really mean spirited. Yeah. That it was mm-hmm. it was the cuddliness of Guardians of the Galaxy, as everyone fell all over themselves to say when it first came out. That it seemed like Guardians of the Galaxy done by trauma. Yeah. That it had that edge. Maybe it's just the extreme violence. Um, I did really like David Dashmalian. As Polka Dot Man, or whatever his name is. And I just found out today 
when he goes all polka dots, that was practical effects. Um, James Gunn posted some pictures on Twitter of makeup tests, mm-hmm. and I just assumed that was CGI. They really did that to him, including the light-up part with the polka dots. I was like, holy shit. Um, and it kind of bothered me that he was being used very sparingly in his comic relief, because of all the superheroes presented, he was the one I was the most interested in. Sure. I think he becomes more interesting as the movie goes along. And I, I struggle a little bit, not with necessarily the mean-spiritedness, but sometimes the obviousness of the humor. And it's the same joke over and over again. And I think at a certain point, it needs, to, for me personally, it needs to pivot to being a little bit more sincere. His character is sort of arguing for sincerity yes. at a certain point. And even his fate was... That was more like cynical. Was a yeah. fuck you to me yeah. because yeah. he's and that's, the one and that's character what I have an issue I've invested with. in. Right. Yeah. So that I'm, the movie keeps going back to that. And I'm not saying it's a bad movie. In a weird way, if if James Gunn wanted to do this, this, and this, my reaction proves that he did it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the three things he was trying to do were the three three things I didn't like. Yeah. Yeah. I thought parts of it were entertaining. I agree with everyone that. Um, of all the times I've seen uh, this version of Harley Quinn, I thought she was well served in the movie by having some sequences that were very well done. But ultimately, and we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. lately when I watch the end credits, with fear and loathing, I <laughs> wait to see the credit for the 13th floor of if a company did the pre-visualization on the movie. Yeah. It's almost always the 13th floor. Yeah. And I don't know what is wrong with those motherfuckers <laughs> or why they get hired. Yeah, they 13th floor. Mm-hmm. The, their storyboards are the most beautiful. They give anim- animatics or something. But it seems to me it's insulting to the, to the director yeah. that basically the studio is handing them this stuff and saying, this is what we want it to look like. Build around it. See yeah. you on Wednesday. Because... Everything from the 13th floor is exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in, in that case, I see the Suicide Squad as being James Gunn fighting with the 13th floor for who's ultimately going to be the author of this film. And for good or ill, I think Gunn wins. Yeah. But lately, especially this summer, I look for that credit, and to me, it's the kiss of doom. It was a much more interesting superhero movie for my money than something like Black Widow, which was, yeah. I guess, the sharpest contrast. Black Widow, I I can't remember the joke. I think I brought it up on a podcast, but it was something like one of those Onion headlines that was like, Black Widow, sure to please Disney's third quarter investors or yeah. something. <laughs> it's like, that's the review headline. Yeah. I... Yeah, I, I I like the Suicide Squad, but I I will say like I agree that it's sort of like James Gunn playing the hits. Like he kind yeah. of yeah, I mean, which is fine. I mean, like if you're a fan of it, I felt similarly. Like when I watched The Conjuring two, I was just like, I he's done this three times right. already, but like I still like this. And the thing yeah. that I found most entertaining in Black Widow was David Harbor, and David Harbor mm-hmm. is not in, Florence Pugh. No. What's wrong with you? David Harbor is in No Sudden Move. Okay. And he's amazing in yeah. No Sudden More, Movie. I'm going to watch this movie. Playing a yeah. character we really haven't seen him play. Um, just for the cast, you should see No Sudden Move. Mm-hmm. But again, 
there's a lot going on in that movie. And except for Pig, it might be the movie I enjoyed the most so far this year. Okay. Nice. I, I want to talk about Black Widow for a second. Yeah, let's do it. Because I thought that was such like a nothing burger of a movie. and it Sounds about right. It reminded me a lot of um, uh, Iron Man 3 in the sense where I'm just like, I don't think Shane Black is up for this. Like, I don't think he can make a blockbuster. Like, I think he can make, like, a movie of a certain mid-tier level, but okay. I don't think on a, on a size level he was really well-suited for that. And then I thought this same thing with whomever directed Black Widow. I was just like, this is just such, like, a... I feel like I'm watching, like, a, a, a syndicated WB show. Like, what is this? And right. then Florence Pugh's great in the movie, but I just wish that, like... And this isn't her problem. It's just kind of the state of the industry. Like, she's too interesting for these movies, I think. Like, I think she should be in, like, better movies. Like, yeah. No, I would she, agree with Like, that. I want to see, like, a Florence Pugh vehicle. I don't want to see her right. being, like, the third lead in the 22nd Marvel movie. Well, everyone in Black Widow yeah. was more interesting than Scarlett Johansson, which yeah. isn't Scarlett Johansson's fault. She's great. I'm not criticizing her, yeah. but just the way that that part is the, written. It's what the screenplay gives her to do. Everybody else is more interesting. Rachel Weisz, yeah. yeah, is very good in Black Widow. Yeah. I also worry that with Marvel that Avengers Endgame was such a satisfying crescendo that is it... it is it kind of a fool's errand at this point to like really continue down this road? I think they know the position they're in. Yeah. Because someone pointed out that I think it's tonight. Yeah. The 10 rings thing yes. starts. Mm-hmm. And Which that, feels like homework to me. Yeah. And that they understand that it's going to take a while. Take a while. To get back because someone Since pointed I'm out gone. that both WandaVision yeah. and Black Widow seem to be treading water with table scraps before they actually reveal the direction they want to go in next. I appreciate that they're cashing in some chips and like, let's make a Shang-Chi movie. Let's make an Eternals movie and Mm -hmm. let's hire Chloe Zhao to do it. I don't know what that's going to look like, but they're not just... How could we do another Iron Man? How could we, I mean, we're we're doing another Thor, we're doing another yeah. Captain America, but like they are using all the goodwill built up from twenty movies and to try to do some different stuff. Mm-hmm. And they did get Taika Waititi back for Thor, yeah. which gives me hope. Yeah. <sighs> um. So you got Taika Waititi. He was in Free Guy, and boy, was he vamping it up in that movie. <laughs> he is not good in that movie, and he's also in. <laughs> Uh, the Suicide Squad is Ratcatcher's dad. Yes, that's a better amount of takeaway TV. <laughs> um, he, well, I've, I've seen yeah. him in the trailer for Free Guy. Yeah, he's the guy who did the video game. He's yes, the, playing the Robin Williams, Don Cheadle in Space Jam Two part. Ooh, God, I forgot about Space Jam Two yeah. already. Yeah, um, let's just talk around it. Um, no, the uh, Free Guy I thought was it was like your review and Mike's review. It's better than I expected it to be, but yeah. I was just like. Well, that that was a movie where I really felt the length, where I was just like, I looked at my watch and I was just like, this is 40 minutes? I could have sworn I've watched 80 <laughs> minutes of this already. Your kids really loved it. Yeah. It's when it Charlie's was, favorite movie. When it was revealed yesterday that, so busy. that Jan and I hadn't seen it yet, yeah. they were scandalized. Yeah. They could... They keep asking to go see it again because Erica hasn't seen it, so mm-hmm. they're trying to rope her into going to see it, so they'll try to probably suck you guys in. I appreciate that they love it. 
I so appreciate that it is trying to say something, mm-hmm. that it is about something very positive and yeah. upbeat. I'm not into the movie, but yeah. like there are worse movies for my kid to love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't dislike, well, I didn't like it, but like I, I was more like I thought it was okay. Yeah. But it, it was more just because it was so pummeling for me. Because sure. like I think kids are more apt to be on that speed of yes. like. Yes. But for me, like who kind of grew up with things sort of like more like jurassic park paced with my summer <laughs> right. blockbuster i was just like a little goes a long way guys yeah. like we can yeah. chill out a bit so i remember when the first harry potter movie came out and the quidditch game was edited mm-hmm. beyond my visual acuity yeah i sat there and i said i i can't understand i'll bet it on. seems quaint now no probably yeah, that yeah. and one of the fights in batman begins i just said Mm-hmm. Batman Begins is just a flaw of filmmaking, I think. There's, that was just poorly punching. edited. I, yeah. it, but literally, I sat there and I was like, I'm getting old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I like what you said. I want my summer blockbuster at Jurassic Park pace. At a yeah. Jura- my summer blockbuster mm-hmm. at a Jurassic pace. Yeah. So you said old, so I wanted to maybe do like, <laughs> let's talk about like a horror block. Like you had the music yeah. block. Okay, yeah. so there's old. Yeah. There's Candyman. Which I still haven't seen because I suck. Yeah, help me write these down because like, I'll forget these. So Old, Candyman, Don't Breathe 2. Haven't seen that, but it comes on VOD tomorrow, so I will okay. watch it. I Doesn't will. help us for the podcast. I have but... promised not to talk about Fear Street anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Amusement Park. I keep forgetting that that's my that's another no sudden move. Like I forget that I have access to these movies um, instead of at the Redbox George Romero yeah, film renting the Hitman's wife's I bodyguard. I think it's <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? I think me? it's because I have this too where there's a certain movies where I'm just like I can have it now. Fuck that. Like I want it so bad when I can't. I want have it to it. play hard yeah. to get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the um, famous Mike Pomero quote. If someone had told yeah, me right. when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, there's two more. Army oh. of the Dead. Oh yeah. And Spiral from the Book of Saw. Oh, Jesus. Jigsaw's still out there, guys. <laughs> he's still out there, and he's more threatening than ever. Hey, guys. It's me, Jigsaw. Do you want to play a Remember? game? I'm going to be at Flashback. This you can is, get an autograph. This is the new Jigsaw voice. Well, unless Tobin Bell cancels, because we usually, we're a, a team. We, no. we do better for the weekend if both of us are there. The new Jigsaw's meatloaf. <laughs> I'd like he to see the, Meatloaf on, on the little He was the replacement tricycle. Tobin Bell. I'd like to play a game. Take off your mask. How long? I can't do a jigsaw voice. I could do a jigsaw voice. <laughs> Feed me Meatloaf lines. just has those long-ass song titles. Yeah. <laughs> well, this shows I have no interest in modern horror. Because <laughs> you not see I haven't seen any of them. Although I will say, okay. I've been burned so consistently by M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. No. I'm a I'm Fool a fan once, of his, but shame on you. I'm a fan of his, but I know like his filmography is generously mixed. Um, and last week on Twitter, yeah, he actually had a picture of it. Yeah, he's completed his next screenplay. See, and I'll go first day to see whatever yeah, his new movie is because like I like how just uh, wacky his 
sensibility is. Um, I and I think sometimes he old, hits home it, runs, but old was not a home run. He hasn't had a home run in a while. In a long time. Yeah. yeah. I didn't love yeah. old, but it sent me down an M. Night rabbit hole that I have enjoyed going down. Um, Did what's, any, the last, uh, what's the last M. Night home run? Science. <laughs> yeah, I think home Probably. run is science, but I do like yeah. I do like the visit. I like uh split. I showed the get... kids the visit. They, yeah. They told us all about did it. They? Yeah. <laughs> How did they react to the diaper moment? I don't think they were really paying attention because okay. I don't think they totally understood that what yeah. was happening that that kid was getting poo on his face. <laughs> they yeah. liked it. They thought it was scary. Okay. I think split gets better. Um, when I splits like a triple, yeah, I like split. Sticking I don't with the baseball metaphor. Glass is like a is single a where you get called out at second trying to stretch it to a double. <laughs> Let's right, now do... you've taken it too far. <laughs> Old, I say, would be like a sacrifice fly. <laughs> I am excited to revisit old. Yeah, I would uh, totally in like two years watch it during a scary movie month. Yeah. Yeah. If I could just get past some of my issues with the dialogue, <laughs> I feel in, like I might like it more. Those are not insignificant issues. They're not. Yeah. Because the way that he has chosen to make his characters talk for the last several movies, because it's even an issue in The Visit. The, yeah. the young girl talks in such a way. Yeah. That the little is, boy rapper and stuff like I that. I mean, too. oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. He doesn't seem to under... I want to see how he... How rap is filtered through his brain. Because <laughs> between the visit mid-size and, like, sedan. mid-sized sedan, like... Yeah. There's a know. rapper named Mid-sized Oh, wow. oh I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I saw Don't Breathe 2 this week. Yeah. And it's pretty good. Okay. Like I was surprised. That's like, like pretty good. I was surprised it, yeah. they made a sequel. To, it's to yeah. don't breathe. Quite yeah. honestly, for a while I was not for a while. I, for a while I wasn't super into it because I was like, I miss Jane Levy in these. Like yeah. I think she's such a big component of yeah. what makes the first one work. But this one is so RoboCop two, Bad Boys two, where it's just like fuck it, let's go like real grimy. All right, I'm that in. I'm just like no, it kind of works on that on okay. those terms. So. um it's not like a total success, but I, I enjoyed it for kind of how twisted it was. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, Candyman. Did you see Candyman, John? No, I'm going to try to go this weekend. I thought it was... Well, I, I hold the f- original in really high regard, and I like. I even start. I'm starting to warm on like Farewell to the Flesh. I kind of like that one. I don't... That's not the Gina Lee Nolan one, right? No. That's the third one? That's the... She's in the third one. Okay. The second one's like the one in New Orleans. I don't think I've seen that one. Um, the thing that I didn't really... I'm I more dislike the new one than like the new one. I think the problem with it is it's not that, you know, some people are like, oh, it's the woke Candyman, and I don't like it for that reason. For me, it's just I think they're trying to make too many points, and they just rush by all of them. Okay. And none of it lands. Yeah. It's just like a bunch of like bullet points just being thrown at you. It's like if you're watching like a PowerPoint presentation, it's like, do you want me to read the slide or do I want you want me to listen to you? Like, tell me what you want. And then I just don't think it works as a horror movie. Okay. I, and that's a and I know it's not his movie, but that's something I've felt about Jordan Peele since Get Out works. But like yeah. since Get Out, I'm just like. I don't think you know how to make a horror movie, dude. Like, I think, like, these aren't scary. They're not moody enough or atmospheric enough. Like, you're 
too into the subtext of it all. Right. That well, it's that just my issue. That's us. what everyone was celebrating. Yeah. Although I am a big fan of us. I still really like I us. I like us. Um, yeah. That one... And thought it was really scary. Okay. Yeah, I just didn't have that reaction to Especially it. the lead's trick voice. Um, Army well, of the Dead. I liked it, but then who gives, I did who, not but, like that movie. <laughs> I liked it, but then like later, I'm just like, yeah, who gives a shit? So, Speaking of movies that are way too fucking long, yeah, and it sets it up for a sequel. That movie doesn't need to be closing in on three hours. Did yeah. you know that? I did. I came very close to seeing that one night at the Marcus Addison. I was surprised. Adam that saw it there. I, I was surprised another that flex. It, it got a theatrical release. I saw the Danzig movie. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Do we need to talk about that <laughs> as like part of the horror block? Well, I read your review. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's better than Veronica, but I'm I'm so torn because there's these actors now like Eli Roth and like the Soska sisters show up. Fred Armisen shows up for like one scene. He has no lines. He mm-hmm. just like bites someone on the neck, and you get the sense that like they want to be part of it because it's funny. Yeah. And I, something about that dulls the purity of it for me. You want it to be completely lacking in self-awareness. You don't yeah. want any part of it to be self-aware. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Eli Roth shows up and he's kind of in on the joke, it's yeah. like, well, that's not as fun as when no everybody's making a great movie and nobody knows they're making crap. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. I was surprised that got a theatrical release. Well, one screen at 9.30 at night. Sure. <laughs> I guess is a theatrical release. Uh, I'll always take away from Spiral from the Book of Saw. Oh, God that, damn it, that movie. <laughs> that Chris Rock gave maybe the worst performance I've seen in a mainstream movie in a long time. He, I don't I don't remember him bothering me that much. Well, maybe this is the problem because like Mike and I saw it opening night in yeah. IMAX and the, the, oh, I saw sound, IMAX. the soundtrack was off by a second. Oh, so really? it made everything seem like like Lee Butters. <laughs> I hate like, Lee Butters. Like for his character from Lethal Weapon 4. It <laughs> seemed like he was trying to take down Jigsaw. <laughs> I remember being very upset at different points in the summer about what was in the IMAX screen because I, I thought a yeah. different movie should have been in the IMAX screen because I like the IMAX screen yeah. so much. Yeah. And I think Spiral was one of those. Yeah. It's yeah. like, get off the IMAX screen, Spiral! <laughs> I want to see this other thing. Yeah. I uh, when I went to see Candyman, Reminiscence was on the IMAX screen, and I'm like, I want to peek in just to see the one person in the IMAX theater watching Reminiscence. Oh Do we need to talk about Reminiscence? Did I, anybody I, see it? I'm 20 minutes into it, and okay. it's taken me like several days. So, yeah. Uh, it just reminded me of other better movies, but Rebecca Ferguson sure is something. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, uh, horror Conjuring Devil made me do it. Didn't it not, see it. Not good. Okay. Was easily able to stream, and I still skipped it. <laughs> yeah, for me the highlight was, and I didn't see it. Yeah, someone posted on the Twitter machine that there's something in that movie that everyone assumed was a CGI effect, mm-hmm. and the Twitter poster showed the behind the scenes of how they did it, and it wasn't CGI. No, oh, it was okay. like holy shit! I'll give you a hint. It's a little kid. And it seems oh, she to be like Ben's all weird, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. a contortionist. Yeah, mm-hmm. and between her ability and some wires they got rid of, yeah. I'm watching and I'm like, holy shit! Yeah. It was like a polka dot man. If I saw that in a theater, I would just assume that yeah. it was CG. Yeah, but wasn't enough to make me want to see it. I saw it at the Grauman's or the TCL Chinese Theater, and if your movie's not good there, it's probably just not good <laughs> in the big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. 
Did you guys see the Billy Crystal movie here today? Nope. Was that the one with Tiffany Haddish? Yeah. No, I haven't. Uh, it's not great, but like I just appreciate that there's a movie written and directed and starring Billy Crystal that played in theaters in yeah. 2021. Yeah, so right. I was I was eager to see it, and I was just happy that it exists. And the two of them promoted the shit out of that. Yeah. They were on every late-night talk show, usually together. They talked about... Um, having this friendship that came from being in the movie together. You which can, yeah, they've seem, got good chemistry. Which didn't seem to be promotional bullshit. Um, almost went. Actually, after all the talk show appearances, I felt I had seen it. <laughs> I want you guys to, I want you especially to watch it because I remember on a podcast that you two did where you were talking about um, that SNL Aaron Sorkin show that was really bad. Yeah. Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Because there's an SNL type of show where, like, Billy Crystal's a writer on it, and he's, like, the old dinosaur writer, and the newer writers aren't a big fan of his. And they show the skits, and I'm just like, these are so bad. I wish John and Patrick were watching these right now. <laughs> that was always just... the genius of 30 Rock, is yeah. that they immediately established that the show was garbage. Oh, okay. That's smart. Yeah. Well, but... It was funny. The problem with any endeavor like that is that at some point you got to put your cards on the table and say right. this is what the show is. Right. Mm -hmm. And if in the reality of the show, the show is funny, it's a very difficult proposition to show us something that's funny. Because as I've said on more than one occasion, there's this episode of Studio 60 on the <laughs> Sunset Strip where they, they're going to they're gonna puncture – pomposity or something and they're they're like practically marching around the office and who is the greatest this is aaron sorkin's fine work who is the greatest at puncturing pomposity and as a student and a fan of comedy i'm listening i lean in mm -hmm. and who would that be wh gilbert <laughs> of gilbert and sullivan and the cold opening on studio 60 is them singing a song from gilbert and sullivan with parody lyrics and mm -hmm. i'm like oh no yeah did that ever come out on DVD? Yeah, the whole season. Because I need to watch that whole thing again. I can't think of another show that starts so bad. And every week, it was appointment television. Every week, it got worse. It's like, it can't possibly get worse. Oh, no. Yeah. You should see the tricks. Because he wrote every episode. I remember liking the first episode because it... It revolved around that clock that was like minutes to airtime. Right. And it goes down and they do the show and the last shot is him looking at the clock and it resets and it's like, we got to do it again. And and Judd Hirsch was good in the first episode. Um, Sarah Paulson is set up as Gilda Radner and Sarah Paulson's a fine actress, but yes. she's not Gilda Radner. So no. again, just like the sketch thing, in the reality of the show, she's, she's held up as the funniest woman who ever yeah. lived. Yeah, that's a tough part to play. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Um, nope. So neither of you saw the amusement park. Nope. Not yet. Although I, like I still that's a good October watch. Okay. Shutter is worth my five dollars a month for uh, sure. Fast Nine. We didn't talk about that, but we, we did, did a show talk on about it. That. Yeah, it was a big disappointment. Yeah, and it only feels worse yeah. with time. Although by the time I watch Fast Ten, I'll be like, I rewatched Fast Nine, and it's. The okay. Suicide Squad is a much better John Cena movie. Yes. Have you experienced either the standalone ride in Florida? Oh my God! Yes. Or the tram tour? Both version. At least on the tram tour, it's like okay, I didn't like stand in a line just to be on this. But you agree? It's the worst it's, thing. And <laughs> there's a YouTube video where the woman, hundreds of people make a living 
walking around Disney and Universal and then posting videos to YouTube. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. you get paid for doing it, but they're influencers. Patreon. I watch some of those people. This this woman <laughs> this woman kept going on and on about how it's her favorite ride. And I'm oh. like, well, I don't understand this at all. Yeah. And when she got to the ride, she went into great detail that what she loves about it is that it's the worst. And she goes into great detail <laughs> yeah. about why it's so awful. It really and is. It was, it's so... It it makes no sense. It it has no physics. At one point, things are happening that are out of a cartoon. Every line of dialogue is yeah. visible. Well, the template for how you do a Fast and Furious ride is basically like make it a more grown-up Radiator Springs. Yeah. But this is just like party bus? <laughs> well, in a weird way, it's like they were taking a cue from the King Kong part yeah. and saying, well, we'll just do that, but with... Yeah. Fast and it doesn't work. Yeah. I'm sorry, we're on theme parks. Now. That's okay. Uh, the Tomorrow War. Did you, either of you? No, guys that see was that? another one that I could have easily streamed and chose not to. With a different yeah. star, I might have. But it's not the worst. I've developed enough of a Chris Pratt but allergy that I don't think I can do it. It kept reminding me in the filmmaking of it, like of Deep Impact. I'm like, I feel like I watched this on like a United Airlines flight in okay. 1998. I long to go back to the Chris Pratt of yeah. Magnificent Seven. <laughs> uh i liked two documentaries woodstock 99 and Vale. saw both of those both good yeah I worth your time woodstock 99 was amazing and terrifying i yeah. have memories of when that was happening mm -hmm. um and i love how the promoter not not the original promoter who sort of walks around in this beautific Hot haze, and yeah. he's there as a figurehead. Oh, the yeah, the guy from the, the original guy, Woodstock, the yeah. guy who keeps, the guy who keeps yeah. making a case that they weren't, yeah. that it wasn't yeah. as bad. You know, once MTV got on the got on the the theme of it was bad. It was like they were covering a war. Well, sir, mm -hmm. from the footage itself, it yeah, looks right. like a war. Right. Yeah, it's um, like he's never seen that scene in Platoon. Because that's basically what it was with Limp Biscuit playing. It's a uh, better movie. Yeah, and boy, did did it give me new respect for some of those bands who they literally say you need to do something to to settle everything down, and then the bands in question. There's three of them. Yeah. Do exactly the opposite. Right. It's yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. They're like high schoolers. Well, when when Red Hot Chili Peppers, who I like. Mm -hmm. Start doing Jimi Hendrix's song "Fire." Yeah, they don't come across very well. It's like, is there something in their contract where they can't be sued for reckless endangerment? Because there is something a you you can accuse someone of inciting a riot. Right. Yeah. Can we close with Space Jam Two? Sure. Worst movie of the summer. Worst movie of the year. Worst movie of the year makes me feel like it's all over. But, <laughs> like I've never seen the original Space Jam. I, I do not like it, and, and I, I don't understand the nostalgia that people I have for it. And I for sure skip this because yeah. I was huge. Like Space Jam came out when I was fourteen, so I was a little old for it at the yeah. time. But like I saw it because it was a Michael Jordan movie more than a Looney Tunes movie. And yeah, me too. It's like not good, but like it, I mean, no, it's, it's fucking it's, Apocalypse Now compared to it's yeah, sort Space of, Jam. It's and like, yeah, but the original Space Jam isn't it really not really a movie? It's it's just like, you know, they're it's playing a basketball really, game with Bill the Murray shows up yeah, and it's no, kind of really, 
The only reason I wanted to see the sequel is there's a scene where all of the Warner Brothers IP is in the background. Oh, then you'll love it. I thought that would be kind of a Where's Waldo type. Oh, look, look who's back there. Yeah, look, but this is all the they rapists do. Rapists from A Clockwork Orange in this children's movie. Yeah, and all they do is go like and like wave their right. arms and stuff. Like it's like people dressed up in like the Party City costume. Yeah, you get like the theme park version of Danny yeah. DeVito's Penguin. Yeah, like he's well, from the parade. This is this is our future because if I can tell a tale out of school, um, my son was recently meeting with his manager, mm-hmm. and they were talking about possible projects. And it was presented that all of these streaming services that are owned by the big studios Mm -hmm. have one interest, exploiting the IP that they already own. So you have this reboot of Wonder Years. Yep. They're rebooting. (laughs) Is there? Yeah. No, no. Um, They're rebooting. Fred Savage. They're rebooting um, Doogie Howser yeah. as a girl doctor in Hawaii. Okay. That for whatever now that's reason, different because it was a boy doctor, not in Hawaii. Yeah. That we're going to see a lot more of that. I don't know if it saves the money because in original startups you have to pay the creator a lot mm-hmm. or something. Obviously, they want to take advantage of the IPs they already have. I was thinking part of it was if you reboot Doogie Howser. Mm-hmm. You have young people who don't know what it is, and you have adults who are like, well, I have an amount of affection for the original, yeah. and and I'll be interested in that. But that's what that Space Jam thing reminds me of. Mm-hmm. It's this, oh, yeah. let's use our existing IPs writ large, that this is the future of entertainment yeah. unless something happens. Yeah, I, I, but it has nothing clever or interesting to say with any of the ip either it's just like just to remind you of what it's like i like the matrix and you're reminding me that you own the matrix what do you want me to do we own the matrix there's a but like what do you you don't even want me to buy anything like what do you want me to do there's a bad way to do it which i would suggest is ready player one and I would suggest there also looks like apocalypse now. There's a good to way to do it, yeah. which is what Doctor Sleep did with yeah. The Shining, which I thought was respectful and very interesting. To but me. again, Ready Player One, for as much as I don't like that movie, at least sees the characters at various points interacting with the IP. Yeah. That doesn't even happen. They're literally, they just stand on the sidelines and cheer for a basketball game of cartoons versus video games. Monkeys versus donkeys. And LeBron James is animated for most of the movie because they couldn't get him for the rest of it. So, like, to actually film. Wow. It's It's very depressing. It's the end of days, that movie. It really is. Uh, It's as bad as a movie's going to be this year, I think. And on that note. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, it for the summer. Yeah, yeah. A couple good movies. See Pig if you haven't. Yes. There's, o- there was some stuff October's here. October's coming. October's just weeks away. Yeah. Around the corner. Yeah. yeah. October's oh. around the corner if you're just around the bend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you guys very much for listening. Thank you guys for doing this podcast. It's always fun. This was a really fun one. Uh, remember to go to fthismovie.com every day. Follow us on Twitter at fthismovie. Like and subscribe and get us wherever you hear your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you listen. And uh, you can email us at fthismoviepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, boys. He knocked away my mic again. Sorry.
Thanks for listening to FS Movie.